I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, puretalk.com slash clay to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details welcome to today's edition of the clay travis and buck sexton show podcast welcome in clay travis buck sexton show monday edition i hope all of you had fantastic weekends and are ready for what promises to be yet another wild week in the united states of america as donald trump will face his uh being turned in at the uh, miami courthouse on tuesday just down the street from where Buck Sexton lives. So uh, Miami now going to be the center of the political universe. We will discuss the latest on the charges being brought against Trump as well as the continuing fallout there. But a lot of different things. Uh, Gavin Newsom sits down with Sean Hannity for an interview. What is his angle there? Trans uh, athletes, that is men being able to compete against women. In the wake of Leah Thomas, Gallup's got a new poll. They are collapsing. Uh, Ron DeSantis is the new Grand Wizard of the KKK, according to the people at the Tony Awards. Vivek Ramaswamy firing back at CNN. He has been very good when he has been on CNN. Bill Barr weighs in with Shannon Bream on the impeachment and uh, the latest on the Daniel Penny case. Also, mask required at the White House for college athletes. A lot to discuss, but we begin with the continuing fallout uh, of the Trump indictment on federal charges that was uh, released on Friday. And I want to play this cut, Buck, because to me, the number one story right now is when is this trial going to happen? And then we can analyze the legality surrounding it. I was going to remind everybody, you were out last week on vacation. Yes. You called in, but here we are now with your first, you know, you're, you're step, you stepped off the hiking trail to weigh in before. But now you're kicking us off with analysis on this. And obviously there was a ton, a ton of takes on this from folks over yeah. the weekend. So now we're getting to weigh in more, more fully. Let's listen to Jack Smith because to me, the, the, the most essential question about this case is what will the time frame be? Jack Smith, not surprisingly, wants this to happen as quickly as possible. Listen, it's very important for me to note that the defendants in this case must be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. To that end, my office will seek a speedy trial in this matter, consistent with the public interest and the rights of the accused. Okay, Buck, so here is, I'm going to tell you basically, if I was Donald Trump's defense attorney, Here's what I would be thinking. I read the entire indictment on Friday when they released it. Um, and here is what I would be thinking. If I were Donald Trump's defense attorney, I would be, first of all, I don't want this trial to happen until after the 2024 presidential election. So my number one strategy, if I were advising Donald Trump, would be delay, delay, delay. That means you challenge all of these different aspects, in, in particular, is his own attorney's testimony 
against him permissible, right? Is this a part of the so-called crime fraud exemption that generally applies for attorney-client privilege? Uh, I would take this as far as I could in terms of the interplay between the Espionage Act and the Presidential Records Act, which is going to be, I think, a major legal issue that must be resolved. Uh, I would certainly combat all of the inclusion of much of this evidence that I could uh, to the utmost degree because I want to hold this out for as long as possible. Now, I want to be honest with everybody. And and by the way, 800-282-2882 if you want to weigh in and ask questions. I don't necessarily want opinions, but smart questions. This is far more serious, Buck, than anything that was alleged in New York. And whatever defense you want to offer of Trump, and I think the best defense is these allegations do not rise to the level of destroying 250 years of United States judicial history to charge a former president and the leading candidate to potentially become president again for these issues is, to me, indefensible. Having said that, Buck, Trump behaved recklessly here. He could have easily managed to not turn this into a federal criminal indictment. And when people out there, uh, I want you to listen carefully to me. My biggest concern as I read all of this is Trump allowed himself to get played by his adversaries in the federal government. I don't think it's fair. I think it is clearly politically motivated. But all Trump had to do was turn over these documents. And this would have gone away, Buck. And that's what is particularly frustrating to me is this was a ham-handed and reckless activity without substantial benefit to Donald Trump or anyone who supports him. So a, a few things come to mind with all this. One is, let's just, you, you often uh, talk about the timeline, Clay. If he is able to delay this, we would be in a situation where you would have the leading Republican candidate in a position where if he were to win, he yep. might be able to pardon himself from federal charges that were yes. pending during the election. It is also noteworthy because there's a real possibility that that um, delay will not be. We, we don't know. It is in a judge's hands, a Trump appointed judge who, you know, some had said was a little favorable to Trump um, when it came to the initial special master appointment. For those who recall back last summer at Mar-a-Lago, um, Trump's legal team made motions that there needed to be a special master to separate, you know, a napkin from a golf yep. course where someone wrote a nice message to him from something that's allegedly classified. The judge ruled this judge, Eileen Cannon, ruled initially in his favor. And then I believe uh, she was in that regard overturned uh, on appeal that the special master Correct. was going to do all this. So is she going to be favorable to the delay? We don't know if it's not delayed. Trump has already said. So we're going through the ifs here. If it is not delayed and if he is found guilty, and that's a big, even under the circumstances of this, all you need is one juror, and you could have a handful, who just says this is clearly a political hit. Yeah. It's a political hit. You know, Clay, to your point about the legality of it, and, and I, I brought this up um, on, on Friday before you called in, if the federal government, and there have even been books written about this, if the federal government decides to come after you, I mean really go after you, go through all of your taxes, go through you know every wire transfer you've ever made, they're going to get you. Um, yes. Taxes is the easiest way they usually can, unless you're Hunter Biden, and that goes to the double standard component of this. But I, I think when people have seen bullcrap charge after bullcrap charge stretching back for, what are we going on now, seven years, there's a sense that, okay, so now they, you know, they, they it's like a cop who tails you forever, and then finally gets you for failure to signal. It's like, the law is the law. Well, are you really trying to serve a higher purpose of justice, or are you just trying to be um, hyper-officious and use it to attack somebody, right? So if it is before, he says he will stay in the race even if found guilty, yeah. which sets up another fascinating possibility here, which would be presidential candidate possibly in prison. Again, I... Uh, who, who knows? We, you, you, right? you never know what a jury's going to do. I feel right now like a jury's not going to convict on this, but I don't know. I, it, let me. That's good to point out. This case is in Florida. 
uh, if I'm analyzing it, I almost entirely would make the case, and I would be making this case publicly as much as I can if I were Trump or I was Trump's attorneys, this is an illegitimate prosecution. If I were in Miami and I were potentially seated on this jury, I would vote not to convict Donald Trump of these charges because I think the precedent being set by a conviction is so supremely awful for our country. So there are a lot of people listening to us right now in South Florida. I believe I'm correct, Buck, and you may know better on the actual jurisdiction. Is this just Dade County jurors? That is people who, you know, Miami's a big sprawling area. Um, in terms of who is seated on this jury, I'm not an expert on that. I know Buck Sexton could be one of the jurors called in uh, in this case and would be rightly and quickly excluded, I think, from being able to seat on, sit on this jury. Can you imagine uh, the reaction of somehow I mean, you should I go down and jury. stand outside the courthouse with like a trench coat and some dark sunglasses on and uh, report live from the courthouse tomorrow because it wouldn't be I hard think I, th- I think I think you should go down tomorrow and report live from the courthouse like we had Allie. But I would vote to, there's a jury nullification element here. And if we presume, let's say I think I'm correct in this. I think Ron DeSantis narrowly lost uh, Dade County, right? But the larger Miami area, I'm not sure. Is it the city well, of Miami? Miami Dade. Miami Dade is the county, and he won. Right. Mi- he won Miami Dade. Right, but is there a Miami City also that yes. has a different precinct? He yes. narrowly lost Miami City. What I'm saying is the jury pool, if it's all of Miami Dade County, which I believe it is, let's say that it's roughly going to be fifty fifty, right? Like somewhat akin to a fifty fifty jury. I think there's likely Venezuelans and Cubans listening to us right now in South Florida who would say, I am not going to convict Donald Trump for president uh for, for these crimes. Look, I think it's gonna be really hard to get a conviction. Most of, I could speak with some experience here, most of the COVID refugees from the Northeast down to Florida are two-time Trump voters. Yes. And a lot of them are in places like Miami-Dade now. So you have a very different jury pool. Look, if it's interesting because there's strategy involved here, too. If Jack Smith had brought this charge in D.C., every one, I would be sitting here. But can I just also say... You know, we got a little bit of heat for saying, guys, I think the indictment's coming. I think because I because we knew it was coming. Right. I mean, yeah. we're just telling everybody we the talked truth. off air, as we said yesterday, like I was actually concerned because I had that trip to the yeah. to the Smoky Mountains scheduled for for several months that it was going to right. happen like it did right the, while I was out. The indicators were there. And I you know there were some folks who were like, oh, why are you talking about this? It's not going to happen. No, because it was going to happen and we knew it was going to happen. And now it did. So for anyone who was doubting us on that one, can I just say we're just trying to tell you. Where you know what we can see that is probable or almost certain, um, and and in this case, if it were in D.C., I think a conviction would be almost 100%. certain. Never yeah. know, but it would be almost certain. In just because of who lives in D.C., it is ninety-five percent Democrat. Democrats aren't going to care. This whole thing is a political prosecution. That much is obvious. So the politics of the jury pool are effectively determinative. And now, when you look at Miami. Okay, now we're talking 50-50, basically, based on the jury pool political affiliation. Now, there are some people who are saying, though, this is because Jack Smith thinks, again, from his perspective, from the special counsel, Democrat, hatchet man perspective, that by getting a conviction in a 50-50 district politically, um, it is even more damning and therefore, he that this shows the strength of his case is what the special counsel advocates are saying. They're rolling the dice on this one, right? Because yeah. uh, I, if, if I were him and I was just trying to do the political hit job, I would do it in D.C. I don't think he could have brought the case in D.C. The, the more and more I look at it, Buck, every bit of the indictment that he lays out originated in Florida. I think that's I think they're trying to spin it well, as this is how confident he is. But the way I they do it, it, plays, it has to do with the espionage act because the initial classification authority is the federal government seated in D.C. That's how they can get around that by saying you have, you know, if you're if you're stealing documents that relate to the national defense, they can usually make a case. This is why all the espionage act cases are in the are in D.C. or the northern district of Virginia, because that's where a lot of the, you know, the, the classified agencies operate. I think he believed, and rightfully in my opinion, that this case might well get removed to South Florida. I also think, Buck, 
he's going to bring charges related to January 6th in D.C. To, to your point, well, yeah, yes, I think that's probably true. Um, I think the Trump team, if it had been set in D.C., would have had a very strong case for a venue change. Would they have gotten it? But if he had gotten a venue change right out of the gate, that looks like you got to think of the optics of this, right? The political nature of it. Oh, you're trying to get him in D.C. and a judge admits that that's nonsense. It needs to be Florida. That would have factored into the perception of this of this, too. But it's look, it's a political prosecution. I mean, part of this, Clay, do you see all the people over the weekend who are like, we don't even know. Like, what could people what could people have seen in these boxes? Nobody saw anything in the boxes. And Hillary had her emails over an open server, and no one has any idea whether they were hacked or not. And they made this whole case that, well, we can't prove anyone got access to the hundred plus, you know, top secret documents that she had. So no harm, no foul. It's got, you know, it's got to go both ways. I mean, there's the political witch hunt component of this, but there's also the, the double standard part of it, which I think you addressed right away. That's the one you just can't get around that. You can't get yeah, around. And, and so far, Buck, I said I thought they'd bring the charges against Hunter. Uh, so far, it hasn't happened. I know. Kind of like the system is rigged, Clay. Yeah. Just saying, it's a rigged yeah. system. Oh, no, I'm doubt. gonna have to buy you. I'm gonna have to buy you like many stakes. I think if if it ends up being the Hunter thing, I'm I'm not super confident in that position anymore because they've now done this. It'd be so easy. And as I've said, okay, I, we, we got to run to a break here. Yeah. 800-282-2882. If you have any questions or any specific legal thoughts on this, we'll put it out to any of the lawyers out there, any of the prosecutors out there. What do you think? Um, but uh, the Hunter thing, we'll see if they make it go away or not. If you own a small business like a restaurant or a bar, you likely employ anywhere between five to 500 people. That puts you in a position of qualifying for an IRS refund as part of the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. Innovation Refunds is a company helping businesses just like yours and has already completed over 17,000 returns. Their website, GetRefunds.com, is where you get started. Speaking of bars and restaurants, Innovation Refunds has teamed up with John Taffer, the host of the popular Bar Rescue Show, to help restaurant and bar owners understand how they can find out if they're eligible for the ERC tax credit. Go to GetRefunds.com to start the process, and you could be on your way to receiving money for your business. There's no upfront charge. They don't get paid unless you get paid. Innovation Refunds has already helped clients claim over $5 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. They may be able to help your business, too. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. Or download the app from the App Store today. Again, GetRefunds.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. 
That's 25% off at lifelock.com slash news. Identity theft protection starts here. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash buck and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Second hour of Play in Buck starts right now, everybody. Appreciate you being here with us. 800-282-2882 on the phone lines. We'll take more calls in the back of this hour. And there's an update uh, from the uh, Daniel Penny case. Uh, you all recall Daniel Penny is facing manslaughter charges for uh, the choking death of Jordan Neely. Uh, this was something that for a lot of New Yorkers uh, and people who have been New Yorkers and spent a ton of time in the New York subway like me, there are very strong feelings about this. Penny's a, a uh, Marine and he gave the, for the first time he came forward and released a video. I think he realizes that the politics of this are going to affect and the perception of it's very much going to affect uh, the outcome. Um, so he's put a video out where he describes what it was like that day uh, when Neely came on the subway. I would just note for all of you before uh, before we hear from Penny from this video, um, he says that, uh, or, or it should be pointed out, that the media has been trying to convince everybody, uh, the CNN and, and others, that Jordan Neely was a, a beloved Michael Jackson impersonator. That was the story they were going with. What they left out is that uh, Jordan Neely had recently punched an elderly woman in the face, shattering her nose and her eye socket. Uh, that Jordan Neely had been arrested many, many times over the years and was known to menace people on the subway system. And that's that's in a subway system where I would note, in case anyone uh, ha- hasn't seen this, just over the weekend, uh, this story broke where a 29-year-old woman on Friday, 9 p.m., so after this show finished airing, 9 p.m. Eastern on Friday, the Chambers Street subway station, a subway station I've spent a ton of time in, a woman had to fight off a stranger who exposed himself to her in a subway car, punched her, pinned her to the ground, and tried to rape her. The man escaped. She she was able to uh, to fight him off, but he, the uh, obviously she had she had injuries. He punched her in the face. He escaped. Um, he is described as a man with a dark complexion, between the ages of thirty and forty, five foot six inches tall, wearing a uh, sweatshirt and pants. That's the full description they gave of him. But this is what it's like to be on the subway, Clay, for people these days. 29-year-old woman, some crazy guy, pulls his pants down, punches her in the face, and tries to rape her right there on a... That, that's a Chamber Street subway. That's a very crowded, very, you know, 9 o'clock on a Friday night. All right? So that's the reality of New York these days for everybody. That just happened. Daniel Penny saw a lunatic threatening people, and so he decided to step in and do something, and he's put out a video where he's telling you this is what it was like on that subway. Play it. You can see in the video there's a clear rise and fall of his chest, indicating that he's breathing. I'm trying to restrain him from him being able to carry out the threats. And then some people say that this is about race, which is absolutely ridiculous. I didn't see a black man threatening passengers. I saw a man threatening passengers, a lot of whom were people of color. The uh, man who helped restrain Mr. Neely was was a person of color. And then a few days after the incident, I, I read in the papers that uh, a woman of color came out and called me a hero. What I don't believe that I'm I'm a hero, 
but uh, she was one of those people that I was trying to protect. I think I, I think that Daniel Penny is is a heroic guy. Um, he wasn't trying to kill Jordan Neely. He made that clear. He says he was just applying the force necessary to get him to stop being a threat. And Clay, this guy was running around the subway, according to other eyewitnesses, threatening to kill people and saying he would go to jail. And he is a violent criminal with a long criminal history. And what is so the New York DA wants you to wait and see if you get stabbed in the face before you can do anything. That's the rule now in New York. Look, the reason he got charged because he's white. I mean, th- this is the reality. And this to me ties in with the Trump case as well, Buck, because what we have is an anecdote and narrative driven Justice Department in many parts of this country. And what I mean by that is it's not the facts. It's not the consistent application of justice, no matter who the person is. It's a design and then a search for a narrative to fulfill the design. And let me explain exactly what I mean by that. When Joe Biden comes out and says domestic extremism, right-wing terrorist, white supremacist are the biggest threat that exists in this country, he is grabbing his megaphone and yelling that to every prosecutor and every investigator anywhere in the country. And if you are told by your boss that this is the priority, you are going to go out and you are going to find evidence that supports the premise under which he's making the case, even if it is not justified by the raw data. And that's the case with Daniel Penny. I would submit to you that if this is a black guy putting da- uh, th- th- that is putting this guy in a chokehold, none of us ever hear about it. Not only does this story not result in charges, not one person listening to us right now even knows it happens because black on black violence almost never makes the news. The only reason this is a story and the only reason these are charges that were brought is because Daniel Penny's a white guy. Same thing happened with Donald Trump. The only reason Donald Trump is getting charged is because of his political background, right? Now, you can argue, as we did, that Trump behaved in a reckless fashion to allow himself to be charged because they were going through everything he had done with a fine-tooth comb trying to find something to get him on. But that is what happens when narrative overtakes justice, Buck. There's a reason why Lady Justice is blind. Go look at the scales of justice. You should not be applying justice based on the identity of the accused. There, There is a, a huge incentive for the Democrat Party and the Democrat machinery to uh, constantly... Uh, create this this fear of of white racist violence all the time. The biggest threat to the country. Joe Biden went to a historically black black college and said white nationalism or white supremacy is the biggest threat to America right now. That's the president of the United States saying that. What is this rooted in? Where is this actually happening? Well, as we know, it's actually quite rare that there is an incident of interracial violence where a a white person is you know kills a, a black person in, in a criminal context. It's actually statistically quite rare. Most ra- most violent crime is within the same race. But if you're looking at interracial crime, as Elon Musk shared the data on this, it is disproportionately 10 to 1 black on white. That's statistics, FBI, you can look at that. The Democrat Party, remember when Elon shared that, they all, oh my gosh, he was sharing FBI.gov data. If we want to have a conversation about what's happening based on data, I think we should all be able to look at and discuss the data. No one denies that's the data. You know what they did, Clay? They started talking about intra-racial. Well, hold on. That wasn't the conversation. The conversation was interracial violence that Elon Musk was weighing in on. Okay. So in this case, though, I think why it's so important for Daniel, I mean, Daniel Penny, I think it's somewhat unusual for someone to make a statement like this when they're under indictment, they're facing a manslaughter. I would not advise it as an attorney. Yeah, but but he did it and it's out there. And here's what he wants everyone to know, though, because the media doesn't want people to know this. Jordan Neely was not just threatening to murder people. He was threatening to murder people, including black and brown people on that subway car, meaning this was about. Fellow human beings, right? This is about people of all different races. This is what he's saying. Also, one of the individuals who helped hold Jordan Neely 
down was a black guy. Yeah. So the narrative of racism here becomes really complicated. Uh, Daniel Penny steps in to stop a guy from threatening to kill people, including black and brown people. And the guy who helps him hold Jordan Neely down is a black guy. We're, we're, so we're, so the, the racism narrative, you have to work really hard to try to find this as a racist incident, which is the whole basis for Bragg's prosecution here, and we all know it. Yeah, and Buck, the data actually reflects, and again, this goes to the data, this is the factual evidence, and I bet in the back of Daniel Neely's head, even if he doesn't acknowledge it, police are actually less likely to use violence against black defendants as a percentage of violent acts. It's a big Harvard study they did. They're like, yeah, why the, would the this left be hates the case? that and they try to undermine yeah. that study all the time now, but it was a big study, yes. Yeah, why would that be the case? It's because there are, I think, probably a lot of police listening to us right now that know that they're going to be held, if you're a white guy, to a different standard if you use violence against a black person. And you would be if you use violence against a white person. Because again, Buck, it's not only that Daniel Penny is getting charged because he's a white guy who choked a black guy. It's that if he had choked a white guy out, this wouldn't be a story either. Right? The only way this becomes a story is if a white guy does this to a black guy. Black guy does it to a black guy, nobody pays attention. In a, uh, in Black on black violence happens so frequently the media never covers it. White crazy guy. Daniel Penny puts him in a chokehold and he dies. One billion percent, Buck. This never becomes a story either. The only reason, I would love to hear people who are in media try to justify this. Because, Buck, the, the argument they would make is, well, systemic racism is such an ever-present reality that when we see acts like these, we must call them out and cover them. But to your point, it actually is a wildly outlier incident that isn't actually representative of danger that exists in new york city or any city in america black people by and large have almost nothing to fear from white people if you just look at it on a data basis and by the way almost none of us have anything at all to fear from police either i, I mean, always like to use this stat buck because it blows people's minds you know if you're an unarmed person in america today regardless of your race but including if you're black white asian or hispanic you are more likely to be killed by a bee, wasp, or a hornet than you are by a police officer. Yeah. That blows people's minds. Unarmed, right? Because you're not then trying to to typically create any sort of uh, issue with a weapon. Would you ever be afraid to walk outside of your house because you were afraid that you were going to get stung by a bee and die? Of course not. We fear things that aren't real because of the media. I remember after Ferguson, Don Lemon, formerly of CNN, Said that, uh, and he was crying when he said this. That some nights when he goes home, he call he, when he goes home, he calls his mom just to let her know that he got home safe because he's so scared about police violence against him. Don Lemon said that. Yeah, who lives in a I don't know. I would just put it out there, probably a four or five million dollar apartment on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I think he's okay walking home. I don't think the cops are coming for Don. But you know, but this is. This is what it is. It's, oh, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. It's so scary. The cops are a victim of the cops. Meanwhile, there are lunatics running around the city, stabbing people, raping people, doing crazy stuff. But it's the cops and it's white racism. That's the problem. That's what another good one here. Don Lemon connected in some ways. One of ESPN's highest paid announcers is a guy named Mark Jones. Uh, he's lost his mind. He's super racist. In the wake of the George Floyd incident, Buck, he went on social media and he said he would no longer accept a police escort on college campuses when he called a game because he didn't know when a police officer would decide to kill him. That's what I mean. I mean, this is this is a this is a, a, a maniacal, really like a faith based belief that people have bought into this cult like ideology of the threat of white racism killing them or the threat of police killing them. This is completely insane. Think about that, Buck. These guys, for people out there who are sports fans, you get a police escort so you don't have to sit in traffic, so you can go into the stadium and call the game, and then you get a police escort when you leave so you can get to the airport faster. He said he wouldn't. I don't know if he's accepting it or not. He said he wouldn't accept a police escort anymore because he was afraid that a police officer would kill him. What, in the press box while you're calling a game? 
when they're helping to dodge you through all the traffic so you can manage to get in and out of the stadium as safely out there. and as we'll possible. Take, we'll take police escorts anytime. Anytime you want to help us out, go for it. Anybody wants to give me a police escort anywhere at any time, I will gladly accept it. I want to talk to you about Mantis X for a moment. Mantis X is the name of a training tool every gun owner should know about, let alone be using. I've got one at home, and it's really effective. This is a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. The Mantis X is a dry-fire practice system you can use safely in your home or wherever you safely train. It attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. You turn it on and connect to the Mantis X app on your cell phone. The Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique. It guides you through drills and courses that help you improve your aim. You'll see your score go up within the first 20 minutes of using it, and it only gets better from there. Members of our U.S. military and special forces are using the Mantis X. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. The Mantis X is a must-have for every gun owner. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Truth-seeking. Reality-telling. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Closing up uh, hour number two here. Encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast, download the iHeart uh, app, and you can listen to the show everywhere. You can also seek us out, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton, on pretty much any social media app out there, and you will be able to get hooked up there. Um, so a bunch of people want to weigh in on uh, some of these, uh, like, why did Trump keep the documents? We asked that question, Buck. Uh, but before we play that, um, I want to hit this. Last night at the Tony Awards, it doesn't matter who the Republican nominee is, just know that they are going to play nasty uh, with whoever the nominee is. Last night on the Tony Awards, which is the awards they give out for Broadway musicals and all that stuff, I can be honest with you and say I've never watched the Tony Awards. But one of the presenters came out and called... Uh, Ron DeSantis, a grand dragon. This was airing last night. Listen. Earlier tonight, CMU and the Tony Awards presented the 2023 Excellence in Theater Education Award. And while I am certain that the current grand wizard, I'm sorry, excuse me, governor of my home state of Florida, will be changing. (laughs) Oh, you get it, Buck? Ron DeSantis, he's the head of the KKK, the Grand Wizard of the KKK. What with all of his things he's doing, like winning election by 19 points, allowing people to not wear masks, making everyone safer because crime is not very high at all. In fact, 50-year lows, I believe. Oh, he's like just like the Grand Wizard of the KKK. It's also so interesting because... You know, there's what people say and there's what people do, and you should always pay much more attention to what they do. Is there some huge outflow of people leaving Florida because it's so awful? No. In fact, the numbers show us that Florida received the largest in-state migration you know, or into-the-state migration of any state in America over the last few years. Why is that? Because things in Florida have been going so well. We all know this. Uh, and as we've noted, Donald Trump used to be a New York City resident. He is now a yep. Florida resident. As are all three. Of, I'm sorry. Well, he has more than three adult children. Uh, I don't know about the fourth one, but three of his adult children are also formerly New York residents, now Florida residents, because things are going really well in this state and people like zero income tax and they like cops being supported and they like regulation that makes sense and deregulation. That's, you know, we're good on the whole list. What is the rate? What is racist? This is the, the question I think is so interesting. There's been some stuff about wokeness and LGBTQIA plus yep. in Disney. What is the racist thing that Ron does that, that, that they pushed back on teaching uh, CRT American history would probably in, in be what black they would point studies uh, curriculum. And now they have a uh, they have approved a black studies curriculum. They're just not teaching CRT in it. And that now makes you a member of the KKK. It's just it's so stupid. But you, you have to push back on this stuff because people believe what they hear, unfortunately. And the slanders, the people who slander, whether it's Governor DeSantis or any Republican for that matter, they feel justified no matter how much of a lie it is because they think that ultimately the person deserves it, even if it's a lie. I mean, yeah, and like also what they do to Trump. Oh, 100%. And we'll get some of your calls here momentarily. But if we had that Tony Awards woman who said the Grand, Dra- Grand Dragon comment, if we had her on and we actually pushed her and said, okay, you know, what is Ron DeSantis doing that to you? 
is worthy of analogizing him to a member of the KKK, she would crumble instantaneously because so many of these people, Buck, we talked about narrative over fact yeah. earlier. They buy into the narrative. They have no facts to support their narrative. Yeah, you know, uh, Clay, we've got a lot of VIP emails. I remind everyone, if you want to be a VIP, go to clayandbuck.com. Please subscribe. You support us and the team and the work we do, and you also get an email address. You can write right into the team during the show. Um, we got a lot of people writing in on the why did Trump keep the documents, which I, I do think is I think it's an interesting question. I think Trump should address this himself uh, at some point. Uh, I mean, he will in court, but, uh, you know, I think he might as well come out and tell people. Um, I know that he said that he just believes he had the right to have them. Okay, but when the government said, no, you don't, and it's being litigated, why why was it why was it so important for him to keep them it's just a question brad wrote in and said it is so obvious okay <laughs> he has documents that implicate the fbi and doj and russia russia collusion so in addition to him uh to trying to put him in jail he can't run or is hamstrung but he also has damning evidence that they can't let out there but here's my problem uh, with this because i've seen other people say this why didn't he just declassify and make it public yeah why not declassify the Russia docs and make it public? I talked to Trump in the Oval Office once about declassifying Russia documents. And I'm going to tell you, you guys know what he said? We're working through, there's a process, and you know we're taking into account sort of what the intelligence community says needs to be protected. But why not just release it? I, I'm, impor- I, I don't know. I'm, that's really important that, that, that you just said, Buck, because if your theory... And we had a couple of callers who want to say this is, oh, Trump's keeping the documents to protect him from the deep state or whatever you want to say. Okay, the best way to protect yourself is to release them and make them public. When he was president, he had absolute authority to declassify anything. You've talked about this before. Sometimes he would even tweet out a picture. As soon as the president makes something public, it's no longer declassified. He has that ability, right? So if you truly have this evidence that you believe clears you, you want it as widely distributed as possible. So that analogy, that argument to me does not add up. We'll talk more about it next. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America, for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash buck and claim your eligibility for your free, brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, 
your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back to Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are joined now by actor, author, Kurt Cameron. Many of you, like me and Buck, and certainly producer Allie, big fans of Growing Pains back in the day. No way. Kirk, uh, yes, love the show. We'll get to that here in a sec. you got six kids. You are now traveling around the country doing story hours, and your books have turned into your children's books major cultural flashpoints. So, Kirk, thank you for being in our New York City studio. I'll start here. I'll give you a two-parter to start. Um, what percentage of people who come in for your book signings were big Growing Pains fans <laughs> back in the day? And would you have ever believed back in the days when you were a teen idol that you would grow up and write children's books? Would that something that, if I had told you this in 1988, would you have ever believed this would be your career path? <laughs> Great questions and totally unique. The, the guy that was standing outside of the Seattle public library was definitely a Growing Pains fan because he had a big sandwich board that he took a lot of time to make. It was huge, like five feet by five feet that said, you're growing into a real pain. <laughs> that was so well played. Well done, sir. I know he was a huge fan. I'm glad we could entertain him back in the 80s. So many people there came and were, uh, whether they were Growing Pains fans or not, they're fans of the values that led to the freest, strongest, most blessed and generous nation in the history of the world. And they're grateful to have something to be a part of to offer uh, their voice in the chorus of Americans that are against this woke machine. They want to deactivate the progressive matrix and they want their children to have a future. Um, and secondly, no, I never thought I'd be on uh, the radio with Clay and Buck talking about children's books that I wrote and would be traveling around the country to talk about things like love and joy, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. So I have to ask you, uh, Kirk, it's Buck now. Um, hey, Buck. You're too, hey, hey, hey you know, you? I was a Buck. I, I was a Buck in a movie. You probably didn't really? know this. Yeah, it's it was it's an obscure little movie. But uh, I my name was Buck. Anyway, it's a, it's please. a great name. Forgive strong, me. powerful, <laughs> patriotic name. It, it is. So, so, uh, so tell, tell me this. You know, you, you just talked about what the books, you're writing children's books about things like, Love, kindness, decency, and bravery. Very controversial. Be careful. Don't say, even say those words. What? What is? And, and isn't it kind of crazy that in, in this day and age, whenever someone—I mean, I, I'm not the only one. I'm sure who feels this way. Whenever we hear story hour, we're immediately thinking that it's a very different kind of story hour. Don't your story hour doesn't involve wigs, fishnet stockings, or any gender identity politics. And yet you're controversial. Explain how. That's not fair. You, you can't explain that unless you go down the dark rabbit hole of where this is all headed by the progressives. And, and we, we could get into that. But you're right. Um, I was denied by over 50 woke libraries when I asked to read this story for kids. Uh, maybe if I dressed in fishnet stockings and heels, I wouldn't have had so many doors closed on me. But when we actually showed up at the Indianapolis Public Library, who told me in their response to my request, uh, we're not interested, our values don't align with yours, our community doesn't want what you have to bring. Over 2,500 parents and grandparents and children overwhelmed six floors of this giant library. They went down the escalator, out the door, and into the parking lot. And these were parents who couldn't even get into the reading room because the one they gave us was so small. And we did reading room after reading room after reading room. And the ones that never got in didn't get upset. They didn't riot. They didn't break stuff and light stuff on fire. You know what they did? 
they started singing God Bless America and Amazing Grace in the hallways between the rows of books, and they started their own story hours for their children. Kurt, you've got six kids. Uh, you live in California right now. I presume back in the day, Growing Pains was filmed in California, like many sitcoms would have been. Yep. I don't know if you had a political awakening of sorts. I'm curious, as you have evolved in your age, how difficult is it for you to stay in California, given what Gavin Newsom has done and what happened during COVID? I, I live in Nashville. Buck is in Miami. Uh, we have both in the state of Florida and in the state of Tennessee seen massive influxes of Californians, New Yorkers, people from the Chicago area who were just fed up. Have mm. you come close to bailing on California? If not, why have you stayed? Mm. Yeah, I, I understand the question. I meet many California refugees in Texas and Tennessee, Idaho, Florida, and from other states, New York and Michigan and uh, Minnesota. We love California. God made a beautiful place with oceans and mountains and agricultural land. The weather's always nice. Very little bugs or humidity. But uh, I'm looking older, not because of age, but because of Gavin Newsom. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I want to stay on the front lines in the places where culture is heavily influenced. And if we don't do that, then really this stuff creeps all the way into the corners and Pretty soon, Freedom Island will not be so free anymore. So I, I understand why people move, and I may be getting a, a bug-out place somewhere, but I don't think I'm leaving California. Um, we're, we've hit rock bottom, and I think we can only go up from here. We're speaking to Kirk Cameron, and his book is Pride Comes Before the Fall. Um, just tell us a little bit about that. I mean, a lot of parents out there who are looking for this kind of content for their kids or their grandkids, a lot of grandparents mm. listening right now, too. Yeah. Um, give us some of what, what, uh, why, why this one and some of the other books you've written, um, are, you know, you're the author. Why are they great content for kids? What are they going to learn? Well, kids love to hear stories. Uh, they love heroes and, and they love fantasy worlds to enter into. And so that's what I did. I partnered up with Brave Books, which is a, a great American company who knows who they are and whose they are. They're not going to sell out. They're not turning away from their audience and their values like other uh, big corporations have been doing lately. And we wrote a book about biblical wisdom and the fruit of the spirit and then followed up with this second book right here. It's called Pride Comes Before the Fall and it teaches children the importance of humility. Humility is a lost and priceless virtue that we've got to get back to. I mean, this is a perfect time for this book to be coming out. It's June. Uh, it's so-called Pride Month. And it's just in time for kids getting out of school and starting their summer reading programs. And um, it's interesting to me. Uh, if I could share this quick little story, I was walking down the street in New York City today, which, by the way, you guys are supposed to be here. I thought I was going to get to meet you in person. <laughs> and I'm walking past Starbucks, and I see the rainbow-colored letters of uh, pride and love, love and pride, pride and love. We see it everywhere this month. Kids see this everywhere, and we are tempted to think that they go together. But the truth is, pride is the opposite of love. Love is about others. Pride is about self. So the truest expression of love is not pride. It's humility. But think of what just happened. The president of the United States, George, um, I was going to say George Soros. Maybe maybe that's sort <laughs> maybe of accurate. Uh, more yeah. accurate. Joe Biden raised the pride flag front and center on the White House. Did you know that George Washington, our first president, raised the humility flag? Look it up. He did. It said an appeal to heaven. And he raised that under his authority as the commander in chief of the Continental Army in 1775. America was built on humility, not on pride. And I happen to call the White House this morning. I left a message for Joe Biden and uh, recommended that if we really want to be a nation that's known for loving others well, we should replace the pride flag with the humility flag we'll see if he calls me back uh, I, I i will be fascinated to hear maybe he was a big fan of growing pains back in the day too uh you mentioned uh the the importance of staying in la which is a center of culture in many ways and i got a kind of a two-part question for you here to close out with and we appreciate kirk cameron hanging out with us if i think back to the shows that i watched as a kid with my family with my parents Family Ties, Growing Pains, Full House, Who's the Boss, Punky Brewster, The Cosby Show. 
That's just kind of a rough, uh, I jotted him down as you were talking. I love those shows. I, I bet a huge percentage of our audience does too. Those shows were very much, I would say, apolitical, anti-woke. They also had an overall thematic connection about the importance of family relationships. Um, do you think those kind of shows could get made in Hollywood today is the first part. Second part. The most famous person now who ever appeared on Growing Pains is Leonardo DiCaprio. You have to be a, a hardcore Growing Pains fan to even remember that. Do you ever see DiCaprio around in L.A.? What do you think about his evolution in terms of his political beliefs? And were those kind of things apparent when you guys were young guys on a show like that? Okay, so uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, we, we has always been someone that we've cared so deeply about, my wife and I, both on the show, together with him. And the last time we saw each other was at Alan Thicke's funeral. And it was such a, a sad but... Um, anticipated reunion for for those of us who were on the show together and uh we we love leo although i haven't talked to him in, in in quite a while i know he's busy with not movies and saving the rainforest and and many other things that he's passionate about so i really couldn't tell you uh from an inside perspective i just read what you read in the internet as well um and your first question is was it did i expect why, why were shows could a, you still apolitical? Make those, could or? you still make those shows, right? Mm. If you think back to all those that I laid out, you're talking about yeah. the impact of culture. We saw Full, Fuller House came back. Could the Growing Pains reunion show exist? Uh, what do you think it was about the culture of the late 80s and the 90s yeah. that everybody seemed to kind of be pulling in the same direction, and now we're all going in different directions? Because in the 80s and the 90s, and um, and much more prior to that in centuries before this, uh, we ha we had a, a common understanding of a Judeo-Christian ethic and society, a moral standard that we knew led to, to blessing. That was just common knowledge. It was in the water. It was in the air. The very first textbooks in education in America was the Bible. The Blueback Spellers, uh, the New England Primer, taught kids to spell by referencing the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, uh, the dangers of things like pride and selfishness and greed. So our TV shows, our culture, reflected the things that we wanted. But even though today it's really not different, it's just all springing out of a different worldview. Um, politics are really inescapable. Religion is really uh, inextricable from culture. And so even though we wouldn't have uh, said Growing Pains was political or religious, it really was the manifestation of an early American Judeo-Christian view of life today. We have new pictures of family. We have new types of humor. We have different heroes and different villains. And that's driven by an ideological worldview. As you guys know, you, you talk about this all of the time. And the best way to advance those views, whether good or bad, whether free republics or uh, socialist nations, is to bake it into the songs you sing, the TV shows you watch, and the books that you read to children. So um, that's what we're seeing today. So yesterday's growing pains um, looks a lot different today. And I think that if you put growing pains back on the air, uh, just like many uh, classic songs or classic movies, it would get labeled hate speech or bigotry, even though uh, we understand that what masquerades as truth today is really stuffed with a lie. And that's why it's so important to me that we teach our kids these things before we reach the point of no return. Latest book Kirk by Kirk Cameron is Pride Comes Before the Fall. Go to bravebooks.com to get this and his other book. And Kirk Cameron, thank you so much, sir. Thank you, guys. Uh, illuminating. Pre appreciate you all. God bless you. Keep up the good work. Good stuff indeed. Home insurance, car insurance, health insurance. Important to have all of them, but one form of insurance we don't always consider food insurance. Like every other kind of insurance, you hope you never need it, but when you do, you want to come through for you and your family. And this insurance comes in the form of emergency prepared foods. No one does it better than My Patriot Supply. Food security at its core at My Patriot Supply. Three month emergency food kit. You can get hooked up. 
at preparewithclayandbuck.com. This is three months worth of meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, 2,000 calories a day. When you order, you'll save $200 on each kit you need. Easy to order. Go to preparewithclayandbuck.com. Fast and free shipping. Order your three-month emergency food kit today. Save $200 per kit. Do it today while you're thinking about it, knowing these kits can last 20 years or more. We have them in the Travis household. One for me, one for the wife, one for all three kids. Prepare with clayandbuck.com. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. A new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head and Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for for more details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.